camping was amazing. And half the crowd said amen. We had a great, great time, and I hope you all had a great Thanksgiving. Turn with me to the book of Ecclesiastes. That's right after Proverbs in the Old Testament. In my Bible, that is on page 618. I don't know about yours. All right. We had a great time camping. The weather was perfect. We stayed in a tent this year, but we brought mattresses, like real mattresses. Everybody's like, you're like a gypsy. I was like, I don't care. I'm going to sleep comfortable, right? And we did. And some left a little richer, and some left a little poorer, and some left a little fatter, and some left a little skinnier, and right? We had a great time. Some left with their shoulders dislocated. Some left with dents in their trucks from flying Frisbees. Yeah, we had a great, great time. And uh, I tell you, I encourage you, come come out next time. Have a good time with us. It was great weather for it. But... Uh, while we're there, Ecclesiastes chapter 3, I, wanna, I want you to finish this, this sentence for me. Tis the season to be jolly. That's what some of y'all just did. Tis the season to be jolly. Yay. Merry Christmas. So we're getting into the holiday season, and then we're in the different seasons. That's what I want to talk to you about today is... What are you doing with the season that you're in? I got a mm already. What are you doing with the season that you're in? Now, let me tell you what's funny about this is usually for the, about the last three years, I've been very blessed to be able to preach the message right after Thanksgiving, and I get to preach the message right at the New Year. So we kind of have this ongoing thing, and so usually we're right in the hustle and bustle of everything going on, and we're coming out of the camping trip. And so while we were camping, I was saying, Lord, okay, I know i got to prepare a message for Sunday. Lord, what do you want me to speak? Holy Spirit, tell me what you want me to say. And I heard the word season, seasons. And I, I thought immediately, okay, is that text joy seasoning, Lord? Because God, for some reason, I just got hungry. He said, no, I want you to talk about the seasons of life. And what's going on in people's seasons of their life? And what are they doing while they're in that season? And so I began to think on I said, okay, God, I got this. And, and, I, and I began to, to just, uh, just savor over it and, and let it just stir in me. And God began to give revelation on what he wanted me to say. And then uh, Thursday evening, I get a call at the camp. William, we're broke down in the car. And I went, okay. So I go, and, and, and I, I, we're, they're just a little bit down the road, so we I take the jumper cables, and the car runs, and we get to the camp, and the kids go that night to go get some ice down at the Dollar General. I get a call, Dad, the car won't start. I'm like, why did you take the car? So my wife graciously said, I'll go do it this time, and so she went, and she put the jumper cables on, and they went, and they came back. So Friday morning, uh, Friday that all that happened Friday, and we didn't run the car. We had the other car. Thank you, Lord, that we have two vehicles that are able to do that. That's a blessing from the Lord. And so then Saturday morning we get up and we're getting ready to pack. And I want to get up early so I can have time to come home and relax and think about what I was going to preach a little more and kind of uh, look at that. And 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 then I I get the low boy to put the tent and all that on. And there's a flat tire. And there's no spare. And so 
I immediately, the season of my moment began to hit me. And I just stopped and I started laughing. I said, I get it. I get it. And the time that I did that, Pastor Chad walks by and I go, it's a beautiful morning, isn't it, Pastor? He's like, I guess. Weirdo. So I take the tire off. I take the battery off the car. I go to Walmart, get a new battery. Walmart will not patch tires, by the way. Then I go down to the other tire place, get that done. About an hour and a half process. Come back to camp, put it all on, just hallelujah. And, and then Chad walks back by and he sees me change the tire. He goes, I know why you said that now. And all, all the while, I could have just gotten mad and I had to spend all this money, man. I, I, I was going to use that money for something else. And man, look at, look at what's going wrong in my life. And man, I, this, this just ruins the whole trip. But I didn't. I began to thank the Lord. Thank you, God, that it wasn't my transmission that went out. Thank you, Lord, that it wasn't my motor that went out. Thank you, Lord, I didn't have to replace the whole tire. It was just the stem valve is all it was. God, you're so good. What are you doing with the season that you're in? We are all going through seasons. But notice that the, in life, it's not the same season all the way through life. It's just like natural seasons that we go through. Winter, spring, summer, fall. You know what I'm talking about. And I believe God's principles are in even every, all the four seasons that we experience. There's some places that don't have four seasons. In North Pole, it's winter all the time. That's why many people don't live there. Southeast Texas, four seasons happen in one day. Amen? Yes, I got an amen on that one. And it's important for us to know what season we're in. It's not always winter. There's always a transition that's happening. The same thing in our lives, the seasons that we're in. And it's important for you to know what season you're in. So let's go to Ecclesiastes chapter 3. In 1965, there was a group called, how many of you were around in 1965? Raise your hand. A few of you in here, just a few. There was a group called the Birds, and they had a song called Turn, Turn, Turn to Everything. Y'all were way off key on that. Just everybody singing their own tune. There is a season. Still, okay, that's okay. Sharissa, we'll hold off on those signups for worship team. Just hold off a little longer. Yeah. All right. And a time, <laughs> wow. And a time, <laughs> I didn't say herald. So, and a time to every purpose under heaven. So let's read this because it's actually the verses to that song come out of scripture reference. Here we go. Chapter 3 of Ecclesiastes. For everything there is a, and a time for every matter under heaven. A time to be born. A time to die. A time to plant. A time to pluck up. What is planted, a time to kill, a time to heal, a time to break down, and a time to build up, a time to weep, a time to laugh, a time to mourn, and a time to dance. Come on now. A time to cast away stones and a time to gather stones together, a time to embrace, a time to refrain from embracing. All the ladies said amen. All right. And a time, a time to seek, a time to lose. A time to keep, a time to cast away, a time to tear, a time to sow, a time to keep silent, a time to speak. Hello. A time to love and a time to hate. What? 
a time to war and a time for peace. What gain has the worker from his toil? I have seen the business that God has given to the children of man to be busy with. He has made everything beautiful in its time. Also, he has put eternity into man's heart, yet so that he cannot find out what God has done from the beginning to the end. I perceive that there is nothing better for them, he's talking about us, than to be joyful and to do good as long as they live. Also that everyone should eat and drink and take pleasure in all his toil. This is God's gift to man. So we read this scripture reference and we look at all these things, all these seasons that there are. And you're like, man, I am in one of those seasons. And if it's one of those bad ones, you know, one of those kinds that's not so easy to bear, you can't say God didn't warn you. It's there. He says, you're going to go through some of this stuff. But what season are you in? Are you in a season of laughter? Are you in a season of mending and tearing? Are you in a season to speak? Or maybe are you in a season to be quiet and listen? You need to know. You need to know how to spiritually respond in whatever season that you're in. And it would be ridiculous for us to treat every season of our life as the same season. Think about it. If you treated every moment of this life as if it were winter, then you would be wearing a fur coat in the middle of August in southeast Texas. With your fur boots, your gloves, and your scarf, and your hoodie. What's going to happen if you do that? You're going to die. Probably lose a lot. You probably dehydrate real fast. Or if you treat every season as if it were summer. You'd be wearing your Speedo in the middle of winter. Sorry for the visual. I don't own one. That's a good thing. Wouldn't that be ridiculous? So how would that make you feel? It would make you feel miserable, right? If you treated every season the same. You know what? Not every season is going to be the same. And you have to spiritually approach every season wisely. We don't respond correctly to the season we're in by not clothing ourselves spiritually for that season. We can become miserable in that season. It's like you can't go around expecting a harvest all the time. Prosperity gospel says harvest, 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 harvest. You can't have a harvest without a time of sowing. The farmer knows what seasons are best for what. There's a time of work. There's a time of sowing. There's a time of tilling up the ground and pulling out the things that are bad. There's a time of planting a seed. There's a time of watering it. There's a time of it having time to nurture and grow. And then there is a time when the fruit is available to harvest. You can't go out and put a seed in the ground and expect to come out tomorrow and pick fruit from it. Let me dig up that seed that I planted and let's see if there's fruit on it. No, there's a time that happens during that season. In times of war, you can't be walking around with a flower. Smell this, buddy. You need to have your sword, right? 
But also in a time of peace, you don't need to be walking around swinging your sword wildly at people. There's a time and a season for everything. You need to know what season you're in. Do you know what season you're in right now? There's, and this is what I want to do today. I want to get three points. It's a three-point message. You can write these down if you want to. Three things that you need to remember about the season that you're in. You ready? Say, I'm ready. Say, I'm ready. All right, all right. Number one. <clears throat> Hang on. Get some water. Number one, don't focus on the loss in that season, but focus on what God is calling you to gain from it. How many of you find yourselves, when you get into a season that's not so good, you're focused really on all the bad things that are happening in that season? we got some honest people in. Thank you for being honest. Thank you. Thank you. Every season is not going to be perfect in your eyes, but you can't set your focus on the loss of that season. God it has something that he's trying to teach us or do in us or do through us in every season. The moment Thanksgiving is over, Friday, radio stations start doing what? Christmas songs. Yes, yes. And some of you just went, ugh, I hate Christmas songs. I'm not going to have a holly jolly Christmas Put my Hank Williams on and I'm good to go. Don't need no holly jolly Christmas. Christmas. All of a sudden, Christmas season comes. It's, the, it's winter coming in. When we had that cold front come in at the camp, burr rabbit, boy, it was cold. We had that little ceramic heater in that tent. Well, it was toasty in there. You didn't walk outside. But people, man, when this starts happening, the Christmas season comes, like, oh, we got the songs playing, the stores are crowded, it's cold outside, ah, everything, blah, blah, blah. I hate Christmas. Hate it. I wish it was summertime. I love the summer. Then summertime comes. Oh, it's so hot outside. These mosquitoes are killing me. I got to work out here in this 100-degree weather all day long. Kids are out of school just killing me. I wish they'd go back to school. I wish it was wintertime. I don't like summer or winter. I just like spring and fall. Spring rolls around. My sinuses are killing me. It's pollen and ragweed. It's horrible. All this rain. I like fall. I'm a fall guy. All these leaves in my yard. Pine cones on the ground. Love bugs. Dude, I didn't even think about it. Confess your faults one to another. Pray for one another. Who here despises love bugs? Anybody? Oh, thank you, Jesus. When we all get to heaven, we'll know what love bugs were all about. God's going to say, I was trying to teach you a lesson. Stick together. Yeah. And sometimes even when you stick together, you split. It's okay. You're together. You went to heaven together. So, season, it doesn't matter what season comes, you're going to be grumpy about it. I just hate seasons. Move to the North Pole, nothing will ever change. Goodness gracious. <clears throat> 
All these things. Always a loss in your season. Always grumpy and complaining about your season that you're in. Never the blessing or the opportunity of the season that God has you in. To thank God, why am I in this season that I'm in right now? Lord, what is your purpose? What is your will for this season I'm in? Focused on the loss all the time. And, and, and it's funny because this morning I walk in and Sharisa and Crystal and Matt were all sitting here. And I walk in and I said, ah, okay, everybody ready this morning? Yeah, we're ready. What you preaching on? Seasons. Oh, you know what? God told me something about seasons and blah, 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 blah. Quit preaching my message. I'm going to go there. I'm going to go there. Facebook. Some of y'all get jealous at people's seasons they're in on Facebook. Look at them going to that restaurant. I ain't ate there in three years. Look at them on vacation enjoying their vacation together. I don't ever get to go on vacation. He got a, he got a new car. Yeah, them preachers make all that money. My life stinks. Miserable. Maybe if you stop for just a minute and said, God, let's look at my season. Oh, Lord, look how you have blessed me and kept me. When I didn't have nothing, God, you made a way and provided for me. Maybe those people that were just blessed just came out of the same season that you're in right now. But they came through it with gladness and worship in their heart. And they said, God, I know we're here for a moment. What do you want to do in me during this season? And they got it, and they realized it, and they didn't complain about it. And they said, God, I'm going to be cheerful. I'm going to worship you. God, use me, whatever you want to use me. And, and God said, okay, we're going to the next season now. Blessings. How are you approaching your season? Go back to Ecclesiastes chapter 3, 12 through 13. He says, I perceive that there is nothing better for them than to be joyful. He's talking about all these seasons. All these seasons. Be joyful. And to do good as long as they live. Also, that everyone should eat and drink and take pleasure in all his, say the word, toil. What does toil mean? I looked up the definition of toil. Toil means exhausting labor, struggle, and battle. Let's back up a second. 13. Also that everyone should eat and drink and take pleasure in his toil. What? What do you mean? Exactly what it says. But we're so focused on the toil that we forget about the food that God's given us, the drink that God's given us, the things that God's given us. We forget about all these things. And we focus on the things that are negative in our season instead of the blessings of the Lord in our season. Instead of what God's trying to do through us in that season. Amen? So don't focus on the loss in your season, but focus on what God is calling you to gain from it. Say amen. All right. Number two, don't live your life trying to rush into the next season, but be fully available to the Lord where you are now. 
Satan wants to rob you from thriving in the Lord in the season that you're in. He wants to rob you of it. He does this by fixing your eyes on the loss and what you don't like about that season. Then he puts a longing in you to rush to the next season. Think about it. You ready to go on a little journey with me? You ready? When you're a little kid, what, what do you want to do? I want to go to school. You go to school, what do you want to do? I want to go to, I want to, go to middle school. When you're middle school, what do you, I want to get to high school. What do you want to do? I want to get my driver's license. What do you want to do? I'm ready to get out of high school. Any of you high schoolers agree? Yeah? Yeah? I'm ready to get out. I'm ready to get out. I'm going to go to college. I'm single. I want to get married. I'm ready to get married now. I want to marry. I'm married. I want to get kids. I want to have kids. Kids, give me kids. You get kids. Oh, I can't wait for these kids to grow up. Oh, my God. Oh, God. Get them in school. Get them in school. They get in school. I cannot wait till they get their driver's license so they can go to the store for me. Oh, my goodness. I cannot wait for those kids to graduate and get out of my house. I want some grandkids. Not before they get married. Get married first. And we're just rushing to the next season and the next season and the next season. God's going, what about the season right now? What are you doing about that season right now that you're in? We spend our time trying to rush into the next season, and we are robbed of the thing that God is trying to do within us in the season that we're in. There's a quote from a pastor. He says, to long for something that you don't have access in your current season trains you to live in discontentment. It trains you to live in discontentment. You're never content with where you are. You're always wanting the next, the next, the next. Turn with me to Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4. We're going to start in verse 10 through 13. This is Paul speaking. And he's writing a letter to the church of the Philippians. And this is what he says. I rejoiced in the Lord greatly that now at length you have revived your concern for me. In other words, they have apparently told him, hey, we're concerned about you. We want to check on you make sure you're okay. You were indeed concerned for me, but you had no opportunity. And listen to what Paul says here. He says, not that I am speaking of being in need. I'm not, I'm not writing this to tell you that I'm in need of something. For I have learned that whatever situation or whatever season I am in to be content. I know how to be brought low. I know how to abound. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of facing plenty, hunger, abundance, and need. And listen to this. He wraps it up with this. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. How many times have we seen that on a t-shirt? Weightlifters. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Football games. We can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That's not even in the context. The context is this. No matter what I'm going through in life, it doesn't matter whether I'm rich, whether I'm poor, whether I have nothing, whether I have plenty. I can make it through it because God gives me the strength to do it. Oh, if we could learn that. 
Oh, if we could just absorb that to say, God can strengthen me no matter where I am and no matter what I'm going through. Paul knew that whatever season he was in, God was working through him and in him. Each season he had to learn to be content. Content. And some of you, some of us at times, I say us because I've done it too, try to change our seasons by our own hand. We try to make things happen to change our season. And when it doesn't happen because God's not in it, we get frustrated. How many of you found yourself walking in frustration? You're frustrated about your season. Frustrated about it. You know, like that job you're on. Your coworkers. You're stressed out. But you forgot that you prayed for that job not too long ago. And God gave it to you. And now you're frustrated with it because you want more, you want more, you want more. Your kids, frustrated with them because they act like you. I say that because I got kids and they act just like me. Anytime my kids do something wrong, I go, Arr! no, that's me, sorry. Frustrated. When God gave us those kids to train up and to teach and to love to be a blessing in life. We get frustrated. Some are repeating seasons back to back. God, why am I still going through the same season I went through last time? Because you didn't get from what God wanted you to get from it last time. You complained your way through that whole season. Hello? God's going, stop, stop, just be silent for a moment. God, what is it that you're trying to show me during this season, God, that I'm in? I don't understand it. I don't, God, I, I, can't, I can't even begin to understand, Lord, what it is that you're trying to show me. But, God, what is it? Show me what it is. Show me why I'm going through this season in my life. You know what? Even when you're on the mountaintops and things are going good and you're having a great season, you still need to ask God, God, why am I going through this blessed season? Prove. Your blessed season might be, able, might be to bless somebody who's going through a not-blessed season. Hello? Don't get selfish in your season. Don't rush into the next season. It's good to be looking for the next season. It's coming. God, I'm, I'm anticipating what you got coming up next. But God, while I'm here in this season, Lord, show me what it is that you want to do. Amen? All right. Number three. Don't waste your season. Find out how God can be glorified in it. Don't waste it. Don't waste your season away. Every season has a purpose. I mean, I, I, I know we, the, the worst thing to tell somebody when they're going through something terrible is God has a plan for whatever you're going through. But it is true. Maybe that's not the great thing to say to that person during that time. Maybe it's kind of just encourage and love them through it and pray for them through it. But it, eventually they will know, man, God had a reason he did what he did back then in that season. There was a reason for it. And now it's revealing itself. God, whatever it is, show me. You know, we don't understand all the time. But even in the most difficult one, God has a purpose and a plan that he's working in and through to you and to me. 
Some of you have been here a long time at Gateway Church. And I, I, I want to tell you, first of all, I am thankful for the season that we're in here at Gateway Church right now. I think there is a season that we're in that we're drawing closer to the heart of God. I believe that God is calling us to worship. He's calling us to a deeper level of worship. He's calling us to an intimate level of worship, a place of submission in worship. The teachings on Wednesday night, if you're missing those, you're missing it. Because God's calling our heart to teach us how to worship a king. And in that is when God's presence comes. And when God's presence comes, awesome things happen. His will happens. Great things happen. But many of you have been going here for quite some time, so you've heard the testimony of, of mine and Leanna's experiences early in our marriage with children. Back in the 1990s, wow, how you say that? You know, it's bad when they start playing your music that you were in high school in the oldie station. Yeah, the oldies, the 80s. I remember as a kid, the oldies were the 50s. That's the 80s and 90s. Man, that's crazy. Anyway, chased a rabbit, sorry. Back in the late 1990s, uh, Leanne and I got married in 1995. been married 22 years this year, this month, November. And uh, we, uh, 1996 or 7, somewhere around there, 6, 1996, uh, we were expecting our first child. She was three months pregnant, and she had a miscarriage. Not long after that, she got pregnant again, had another miscarriage. Not long after that, she got pregnant again, and we were two weeks from being full term with a little, huh, five weeks, I'm sorry, five weeks from being full term with a little boy, and just all of a sudden, his heart stopped, and no breath, no life, and she had to go through nine hours of labor to have this little boy, and he comes out with all of his fingers, his toes, his head full of hair, but no life, and I'm holding this this body of this child, my, my son, in my hands. And I didn't understand. And there's a whole story in that. And I could go through so many things that God showed himself in so many ways. But it was a season that I, I, I could not begin at that moment to understand why we were going through the season that we were going through. And there was a moment where I could have wasted that season away. But there were some wonderful things that happened in the midst of that season. Number one, we had a church family that was beside us 100% of the way. They cried with us. They held us. They fed us. They were there for us. They saw us through it, along with God. The body of Christ responded as the body of Christ. Number two thing that happened during that season. You know, I said, don't waste your season. Find out how God can be glorified in it. We had the funeral in this church for our son Isaac. Back then, there was one aisle in the middle, and there was a set of chairs on this side, set of chairs on that side. We were on the front row, and I will never forget it. My heart was hurting. <clears throat> I was crying. 
I was broken. I was weary. There in front of me was a basket, a, a, a coffin, a small box with my little boy in it. And all of a sudden, Sharissa stepped up on this stage as she began to sing. I know the peace speaker. I know him by name. I know the peace speaker. He controls the winds and waves. And when he says peace, be still. They have to obey. I'm glad I know the peace speaker. Yes, I know him by name. And in that moment, with tears in my eyes, I lifted my hands to the Lord. You know, we've talked in the last six months about the scripture that says, in everything, give thanks. It doesn't say for everything. It says in, in the process of everything you're going through, in the process of every season of your life. I know the peace speaker. He can breathe peace in your worst seasons. And I began to worship him. God, I thank you. In this season, you're still with me. I had a friend this week that I'm friends with that lives up north, and he says, I don't understand why you went through what you went through. And I began to tell him why, and I'll tell you in just a minute. But after that funeral was over, I had a lady come to me, and she said, how in the world can you worship God after he took your son? I said, I have no other choice but to worship God. He is my only hope. He sustains me. He is my peace. He is my refuge. What other options do I have? Get mad? Run from him? What good is that going to do? Just make me mad all the time? Make me disgruntled? Make me angry? Wouldn't do me any good. And during that season... I didn't understand. I didn't know why we were going through what we went through. But it wasn't long after that we got a call from an emergency room at St. Elizabeth from my brother-in-law and my sister-in-law. We need you here at the hospital. Emily just lost her baby. And when I walked in that emergency room, my big old burly brother-in-law fell on me weeping and said these words, you're the only one that knows what I'm going through right now. And God said, that's why. And countless times we've walked in emergency rooms. Being there when Rebecca, we didn't know why she was sick and having pain. We didn't understand it at all. And she's laying there, oh, Daddy, I'm hurting. Uh, I know, baby, I know. And, and all of a sudden, across the curtain, across, you know, emergency room, them curtains leave no privacy, right? There's a couple across, and they're weeping and crying. And I hear the woman going, he's gone, baby, he's gone. 
I step out of the curtain. Same moment her husband stepped out with tears in his eyes. I said, did you just lose your child? He starts crying, yeah. I said, I've been there. God said, that's why. That's why you went through the season that you went through. Look, I don't know why you're going through the seasons that you're going through right now. You might be going through some great seasons. You might be going through some bad seasons. And don't mistake that if you're going through a bad season, first of all, check to see if you're causing your own season to be bad. But maybe God has you in a season that's not of your own doing. It's just a season of of time where you've got to lean on him and trust in him. Maybe you're in a season because you've been going to that doctor's office over and over and over again. There's this nurse that needs Jesus, and you haven't spoke to her yet to say, hey, Jesus loves you. I don't know. I don't know why we go through what we go through. But ask God. Say, God, I don't want to waste the season I'm in. Whatever it is you want to use me for in this season, show me, God. I, I'm, I'm going to halt my complaining, God. I want to look to you, God, and show me what you want to show me, God, how you want to use me. What do you want to do through me? What, is it, what, what do you need from me, God? And be willing to listen. And be willing to respond. And be willing to worship him and glorify him in whatever season you're in. Whatever season you're in. And when you're on those mountaintops, don't you forget to thank God. We find it very easy that when we're in a low season to call out, God, I need you, God, I need you. And when we're on the mountaintops, I don't need God right now. Everything's good in my life. Don't you forget to worship God and thank Him during those seasons. Bow your heads with me. What are you doing? With the season that you're in. Where are you at right now? I don't want you thinking about where you're going after this. What's happening. I don't want you thinking about I hope my family member hears this. Or I hope so and so here. Where are you in your season right now? What's your attitude in your season right now? What's your perspective on your season right now? What is the Holy Spirit trying to say to you in this season right now? Ask Him. Ask Him right where you are. Holy Spirit, what are you trying to say to me right now? What do you want me to do? Show me. With nobody looking around right now, how many of you are going through a tough season right now? Raise your hand. Wow. Wow. Hands all over this place. Hands all over this. You can put your hands down. Can I tell you something? First of all, I want you to know this. You're not forgotten. God has not forgotten about you. The enemy wants you to believe that. The enemy wants you to think you have been forgotten. You have been left in the cold. And you are alone. You're not. The Holy Spirit is calling out, calling out to you right now. I'm with you. I'm with you. Draw near. Draw close. Draw into me. Don't let this separate us. Don't let this put a wall between us.
His arms are open wide, just like the prodigal son. His arms are open wide. Run to him during this season. Don't run from him. He wants to make it better. He wants to show his purpose. Don't waste your season. Don't focus on the loss. Don't try to rush out of it. Find out what God wants to do in this season you're in. This morning, I just want to have a time of ministry for those of you that are going through a tough season and you need ministry this morning. You need some encouragement. You need some strength. You need some peace. You need some hope. Because I don't want you to walk back out these doors today and say, I feel the same way as when I walked in. Hopeless. Helpless. Today is a day that's going to be a fresh season for you. In the season that you're in, it's going to be a fresh outlook on that season. You need a fresh outlook on it. You need to look towards the Savior. You need to look towards the Lord. I'm going to ask the ministry team to come up this morning. Pastor Chad. You know, during worship, God put something on my heart, and I've been thinking about it. You know, I've, I've been listening to William and just been thinking about what God put on my heart. The Bible says that Jesus learned obedience through what he suffered. And who are we to be like? Jesus, right? And Paul also says that, he, he, talking to these people, these Christians, he says, none of you have resisted against sin to the point of what? Shedding blood. That's kind of like smart aleck, right, of Paul to say such things. But, but it's, a, it's like a bold, a bold fact. It says, look, you know, I know your struggles are real, but listen, none of you have gone to the point of what Jesus went through. And Jesus being our example, and Jesus learning obedience through what he suffered. How many of you know where Jesus told the disciples, he said, if your brother comes asking for forgiveness, okay? There, there's a prerequisite to forgiveness. It's called repentance. So he says, if your brother comes repenting and saying, hey, forgive me, how many times are you to do it in a day? Uh, what if he comes one more than that? You think you just stop there? No, Jesus' point was is you, as long as they're repenting and trying to work things out, then you forgive them and move on. And what was the disciples' reply? Increase our faith, Lord. In other words, do it for us. And then Jesus goes once again into another story talking about servants. And he says, servants do what is their duty. In other words, you don't need faith. You need to do what you're told. Dang, man. But Jesus, I want you to do it for us. I've done this. My God, give me the ability to do this without any effort, without any struggle, without any suffering. And it don't, it don't always happen that way. You see, sometimes it just comes down to this obeying. And so, you know, William's talking about going to the Lord and whatnot. And he said it clearly. He said, you know what, you might be in a season because you put yourself there. And you might be in a season just because God is trying to what? Teach you obedience through suffering. Right? You know, I mean, the, the, there's so many ideas about God and suffering and Christianity. Now, I'm going to tell you what, as Gary Stewart said, the church has a poor view, poor theology of suffering because suffering is all in our theology. 
But the problem is, is we go to extremes with it. We go to where there's no suffering at all, to where, man, a Christian life is nothing but suffering. And that's not true. It's not true. But, but I feel like the Lord's just wanting to say, some of you have problems, and it's because you don't obey. You do not obey. I've got, man, I've got, I've got a flesh just like you do. I'm, I'm just a nasty old carcass on the outside just like you guys. And, and, and you know what? God is showing me, you know what? I, I'm not going to do this for you. You just got to learn to obey. The Bible says that he disciplines us because he loves us. And it's for our good. And you know what? Paul says this, is that when we, when we, when we begin to learn to suffer well, okay, that we, we are trained to produce a fruitful of, to produce fruit for peace of righteousness. That's what God wants to, for us to produce in our lives. And so just along with the Williams altar call, I just want to say, look, you know, some of you just need to say, Lord, I'm going to obey. Maybe you're just a jazz honky to your wife. So many of you, so many of, I'm telling you, man, probably half you, guys, half you people that raised your hands are suffering as an act of just disobedience. My marriage is terrible because I ain't going to love on my wife. And some of you say, my marriage is terrible because I ain't going to honor my husband. And some of you say, my finances are terrible because I ain't giving nothing to God. And what I do have, I, I'm going to spend it like a crazy wild man. You know what I mean? You see what I'm saying? And, and some of you are wanting, Jesus, just fix this for me. And Jesus is like, look, I've given you my word. I've given you the freedom from sin. So see, now we have a choice as God's sons and daughters. Amen? We, we don't have to do what Satan wants us to do. We have a choice now. And the deal is choose today to obey. Amen? So that, that's, that's, that's part of the altar call there. If you need to obey, if you need to do something, then come and respond. Respond to what the Holy Spirit has said to you today. So everybody just stand to your feet while Teresa leads us in the song. And if you need to respond to what William said and, and to what I said, just come today and say, I'm going to obey or pray with me or help me through this season, whatever it is. Y'all come.